All right, we are going to see if third time is a charm here. Sorry if folks have tried multiple times. We're here to chat with Jade Smith, who's an assistant coach at St. Cloud State University. The Huskies play in the NSIC, which is a Division II conference, largely in Minnesota, but there's also a lot of uh, programs in neighboring states, such as the University of Mary, where Jade played her collegiate soccer as well. So we will we will see if we can get Jade in here. Jade, we made it. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good. Think of think of how satisfying this is now, having to try four different times, and then now we get to connect. Everyone's going to be so much more thrilled with us now. There you go. <laughs> so, Jade, I, I didn't intro earlier on, but you are an assistant coach at St. Cloud State. Um, you know, for those who don't follow St. Cloud, they are a D2 program. The Huskies play in the NSIC, and Minnesotans really should be familiar with NSIC because Minnesota is loaded with NSIC programs. Almost all of the state schools, the Minnesota State programs, are in that conference, and a few of the other schools in that conference are out in the, the border states, such as University of Mary over in Bismarck, where you played your college soccer, and we will get into how the hell you ended up in Western North Dakota later on, but um, coming obviously from England, for those who couldn't uh, tell from your accent, but first of all, Jade, you know, as as we typically have been doing, just talk about what it's been like under COVID to try and you know, work through the spring season and then, you know, adopt, adapt both kind of on the field and in what is probably a busy recruiting time for you. Yeah, no, it's been interesting. Obviously, my first spring semester as a collegiate coach. So for me, it's, it's normal in a way of um, I've not been able to experience what a true recruiting season in the spring looks like. So um, I think a big part of our program, which Brett is awesome with, is adapt and overcome. Um, we expect our players to do it. So uh, Greta is huge about leading from the front. So I don't think we can ask them to do it if we're not doing that and leading by example. So we've been really blessed. We have an incredible school where there's a lot of um, things at our disposal that we're sort of ready for this. Um, we have like virtual tours set up. Our admissions department have been phenomenal. They're great at the best of times and uh, they've adapted. Um, I can't have asked anything better, honestly. Mm -hmm. So it's just been a little bit different. Um, in all honesty, uh, we've sort of been pre-COVID. We actually had some success virtually recruiting with some of our junior college players. Um, we had an incredible young lady join us this spring um, who was virtually recruited completely over the Christmas period and joined us in the spring. Um, and then we've had a couple other junior colleges pre and prior and post-COVID um, commit that way so it's been really fun seeing how we did it with them getting feedback from those players um, like the Sammy who joined us and now improving our recruitment platform just in a virtual way I think it gives people a different lens to look at our program from afar and I think it just builds the excitement for when eventually we can get these kids on campus. Mm -hmm. Well and you you kind of hinted at this a little bit you have you know, it's a, you were in the middle of that spring period, you actually brought in some players for those who haven't followed the program, kind of a, a headline summary, and you can correct all of this if it's off you, the Huskies had, you know, several years in a row of kind of steady 500 soccer, like, um, you know, pr pretty consistent level of, of just above winning soccer. And then last year, you really jumped up with a 12, five and three record, you beat uh, BSU in the conference tournament and BSU has had a really strong program the last few years. You know, you eventually fall to Concordia. 
in that conference tournament. That MSIC conference tournament is brutal, by the way. If folks want to watch some really competitive soccer, MSIC conference tournament is the place to go. Um, and, you know, you lost a lot of senior contributors, but it seems like only a few were maybe, um, you know, 90-minute type every match, starting every match type contributor. So it seems like you come into play, uh, you know, you're set up for next season in a really strong position. And you mentioned a few junior college transfers. Um, you know, talk about just how the, where the program is and, and how you're hoping to get ready for, you know, whatever version of a 2020 season we might see this fall. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we bring back a bulk of the squad. We have an incredible returning group and we have some great incomers that are ready to make an impact on the field straight away. So, um, Team 25 from last year, they did a great job and I think they set a legacy and um, like classes before it. Greta's done a phenomenal job with this program. You can see from her stint of at St. Cloud of the progression the program's going and we're now just on the cusp of making that regional tournament. So Team 26 is hungry to set their own identity and build their path for the next step because we don't want to stand still. We know full well what our next steps are as a program. And I think the girls are really hungry to build upon that and continue to elevate this program to where we want to get it to. Mm -hmm. Well, and you, you mentioned, we've mentioned her name a few times. You, a few times, you work there with head coach Greta Arbison and Greta has been there long enough that you lined up opposite her, you know, your whole college career out at the University of Mary. So she, at the very least, obviously knew who you were or was aware of you, but talk about making that move from, you know, out in, out in North Dakota, you've been doing some coaching out there as well, kind of after, or maybe during your playing days, done some club stuff and some stuff with ODP. And then talk about how that opportunity to come to St. Cloud and have East of Minnesota really came together. Yeah. Um, obviously played against Greta and majority of our squad from last year and, for a significant amount of years. Um, I didn't get the opportunity to play at Husky Stadium. Um, I was injured my sophomore year. Um, I fractured my eye socket and nose um, a couple of games prior to playing the Huskies. So when I was standing on the field, if he has you told me a few years down the line, I'd, I'd be standing on the opposite side of the bench coaching the Huskies. I probably wouldn't have believed you. Um, originally, I was very adamant. I knew I was going to wanted to be going to college coaching and um, my degree was in coaching and sports studies. I had a phenomenal mentor as a head coach, uh, Sarah Cook. Um, she reached out when I was in the process of looking for my next step. She reached to all of our um, conference teams and Greta was one of the coaches that came back. And at first when uh, Sarah was like, oh, Greta's um, reached out, I was like, okay, no, thank you. And she just like looked at me and I was like, I don't want to coach within my conference. Like I wanted to right. go experience something different. And I thought I'd have a real hard time of coaching my former team against my mm. former team. So right. originally I remember over Christmas break, I was home and I came back from the national coaches convention. And it was the first time I got on the phone with Greta and there was something about us straight away. I was like, okay, there's, there's something that I need to go see. And um, when I got up on campus, at first I was still against going on campus and my head coach was like, go see what it is. At least it's a good, a good professional development opportunity. As soon as I was on campus, um, we're talking the recruiting process about this feeling. It's, it's so hard to describe, but when you're on a campus, you're around the team, you get this feeling of where you're meant to be. And it's the exact same feeling when I committed to you, Mary, that I got when I was walking around um, St. Cloud State. I just knew 
from being around the team, being around Greta, that she was someone I needed to work under and it's definitely not disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you know, I said the big move from North Dakota, East to Minnesota, but really that's, that's, you know, that's nothing compared to your move from England. You know, you're from Rochester, England, for those who don't know, it's, it's just East of London and you, you come to, you know, sunny, beautiful Bismarck, North Dakota, and uh, there's, by the way, there's a lot of Pravratskis in Western North Dakota. So don't worry, there's, you're in good company out there. But you, you know, how in the hell did you end up going, you know, from, from a place like England to, to this school? Was it that you just kind of always knew you'd come to the States and, and it just happened that way? Or, you know, how did you specifically land at, at U of Mary? That's probably one of the most frequent questions I get when people are like, where is that? Even like typical Americans that like, have no idea where that is. And for me, I always wanted to play in America and go like bend it like Beckham when you were younger, watching that game and having that dream. Um, I worked full-time a year prior to coming out here and it was sort of my last shot. I had a lot of like soul-searching to figure out, like, was I going to do this or was I going to continue pursuing my coaching career in England? And so I went to a showcase um, for an agency and my head coach came over and watched me playing Um so eventually going through the recruiting process, I narrowed it down to two schools, one school in Florida and you Mary in North Dakota. So complete bipolar opposite locations. But I didn't care like where I went location. Our agency was awesome where they made us list what was important to us. And location was the bottom part of my name. Right. And Sarah was one of the only coaches that spoke about family, spoke about coaching opportunities and things like that. And, and say so it was a place that I knew I'd be able to call my home um and it was definitely the right decision i had a phenomenal four-year experience out there and and say but yeah not probably the place where most um internationals would potentially end up well you had this i you know i took one of the pictures off your instagram where it's you and i believe just another english teammate the caption you have there is like you're just doing just like this badass pose shoulder to shoulder like team england ready to stand up you know just standing there tough so it was funny to me that there's multiple players from there, but I think that's also typically how it goes, you know, talking to different college coaches and seeing different college programs. I think typically it's kind of they either work any amount of international recruiting or they don't. I mean, there's very few programs that only have maybe one international player. It's certain coaches actually utilize that pool of talent and other ones don't. I mean, when you, after you've been there, you know, are they a program? Is you of Mary a program that has kind of always looked internationally or and for you as a coach now, are you kind of like, oh, maybe I need to head back home and find some girls to come over, you know, across the pond? What's the, how do you think about that element of it, that international element of getting international players into kind of the American college environment? Yeah, no, um, I'm probably a bit more of a controversial concept on it of international players, our little Canadians on, I see uh, the Silvers on right now watching, but the game across Europe and different countries across the world is played so differently. Um, so I think there's a good balance of bringing internationals in. I think there's different um, core aspects. If it fits with your program's philosophy or your playing style or what your needs are, then mm-hmm. absolutely. So we've got our little Canadian boss on right now, um, phenomenal player, looking forward to seeing her play this year. Um, but at U Mary, they were traditionally, yeah, they did recruit a lot of internationals from the girls and guys side at the time of mm. all across Europe, um, Brazil, 
So I think there's a really cool opportunity in college to bring people together through the game itself. So mm-hmm. and say it's such a world sport. Um, I think it's a phenomenal opportunity as a coach if you can bring different cultures um, into your program. I think it really opens up and diversifies your team and mm-hmm. gives them new experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, I know there's a couple of Minnesotans who have gone on to play in, you know, a few different European leagues and I've chatted with them. And one of them, Emily Heslin, joked about how she in Israel, everyone there talks to her about like, oh, you have a degree from like an American university. Like there's just a certain circle of people who also view like getting an American higher education degree, like a college degree as some sort of status like there's just a certain group of people that believe like oh you can do anything like because they view it as this big opportunity thing but I think you're a player who or you went into it really thinking coaching was exactly what you wanted to do and sort of the the coincidence of it is that you ended up getting a degree that leads you into coaching but it wasn't like I need a degree and then I'm going to do something you know you you sort of knew coaching from the beginning was what you wanted to go for so, I mean, like when you were in, in a showcase like that over in England, were, were there certain girls who knew, like, I want a college degree, I want it from an American university, or were all of them like you, where it's, I want to pursue soccer, and this happened to be one good avenue to do it? I think it's definitely a multitude of it, of um, some people just want that experience of, uh, there's not university soccer really in England, uh, it's right. all like Sunday league soccer, club's the big thing for us, so over there so when you've got the opportunity to combine the two and have that student athlete experience there's no other experience in the world that i know of that um the us has it has the monopoly on that so most people wanted to obviously get their degrees and follow whatever path originally i was in athletic training and i had an incredible coach that and say i learned a lot from and i find myself doing the same thing now at our program of mentoring our student athletes of she asked me, she's like, do you want to be an athletic trainer? I was like, no. She was like, that's like going to medical school and you don't want to be a doctor. I'll never forget the conversation. And <laughs> I'm very grateful that she was able to push me on the path because I think going into the coaching degree definitely opened my eyes to a lot of different things and got me prepared for my next step at St. Cloud. Mm-hmm. I remember, so there was a time, the first time I met Greta was at, at the Like a Girl showcase. It might have been two years ago now. It was a while ago. And it's in St. Paul. It's just north of where I live in St. Paul. And I I went up to her and I was trying to chat with coaches about what they were looking for. And really one of the first things she brought up even back then was uh, how it would be great to have a men's team at St. Cloud. And it's sort of like the last thing I would assume a, a women's soccer coach would care about, like, oh, could we just add a men's team? And But she had such a, like a, a really logical perspective on it, which is, just the more soccer going on on campus, the more gravity there is towards the sport. You know, you support each other. There's a lot of, um, you know, it creates more attention for the sport overall, raises awareness, all that kind of stuff. And now, you know, years later through, you know, admittedly a few different messy situations with the athletic department overall and and big changes, um, now there is going to be a men's soccer program at St. Cloud, and it's the first Division II men's soccer program in the state or the only one. And so it's, it is going to be kind of a big deal for the state as a whole, but especially for you all in the athletic department. And obviously right now you're, you're not all sharing the same offices and you're not, you know, bumping into each other on the training field. So it's not, it's not really happening now the degree it could be, but talk about what that impact is in terms of, you know, doubling or theoretically doubling the soccer impact 
um, on a campus like St. Cloud where, you know, the, the football team, hockey team, other programs may get more visibility, but now you're going to have a, a whole other side to the soccer community there. Yeah, I think it's a phenomenal opportunity um, to have a, the monopoly of men's soccer within the state. Um, I can't see it not elevating both programs. Um, I think there's a huge, there's a sort of building soccer culture with hit, um, within St. Clouds. I think this is going to just add to it. Um, there's such, I think, so many questions, so many uncertainties, and obviously COVID hitting, like, Sean's phenomenal. I cannot wait to work with him. He, He's brilliant. Um, the small interactions that we had over the um, sort of the hiring process and him, him being on campus very briefly before all this hit. Um, he's going to be he's such an advocate for the game. So I think him and Greta working together, it's like this powerhouse duo that's just going to sort of elevate our school. Um, we're going to be a soccer school. Like I think it's just going to be a phenomenal opportunity to raise awareness to the game and platform the game. Um, Minnesota is a pretty big soccer state, and I hope that we can continue as a school to help add to that level. Mm -hmm. Well, and you you mentioned actually one thing that you made me think of earlier, you mentioned getting a few community college players. And I realized um, talking to a lot of different college coaches at like the D1, D2, D3 level, I realized I've never actually chatted with coaches much about specifically about community college players. Has St. Cloud always had kind of a, a decent pipeline of those types of folks? Like does Greta always have a good reputation of bringing in specifically junior college, community college players? Or, um, you know, when they choose you, is there is there something that you all talk about with St. Cloud State that, that makes it um, a good option? You know, whether it's the affordability or the fact that it's, in the center of the state so everyone's the same distance to you or something like what's uh what do you think are some of those threads of why both community college players come to you but then in general does there seem to be a theme of kind of what's what selling pitch lands with folks to make them a husky like come to st cloud and be a husky i think it's just the filtering to find the huskies we don't let anyone come join our program and um, greta's done a phenomenal job of building such a good program with the players of incoming and see one of our incoming freshmen is uh, online right now. And I think just finding the right players, whether that's a true freshman, whether that's a transfer, whether that's a duco, I think um, as coaches, don't limit your pipeline. I think there's obviously, obviously most of our squad is from the Minnesota, Illinois, Wisconsin. So we want to be absolutely a competitive program within the region. We want regionalized kids to come here and um, be that. And that's the phenomenal thing about the NSIC is um, that's what a traditionally a lot of programs are. Like you're battling and recruiting battles all the time with other programs for the best kids. But not every kid's a husky. Um, we we spend a lot of time of really going through the process nice and slow, and um, we're not gonna. I don't think we take many risks. Um, and so far, like, it, Greta's done a phenomenal job with the program. It definitely pays off of the meticulous hard work that we do on the recruiting side. Our girls are phenomenal with helping with that. We take into consideration what they're saying because they're, the, they're their teammates. They're going to join their family. So um, I think just finding necessarily not even a pipeline because with Juco, like, they're obviously constantly turning over players. You might not be able to find a consistent pipeline. So... Right. There's some phenomenal junior college um, players across the country, and we've just found a few little pockets this year, and a little bit more out east. And there's, we've got obviously one that's joined from Absolute Juco Powerhouse out in Washington. Uh, we're so excited to see 
Um, and then we've got a couple other from uh, the Wyoming area, Colorado area. So we're definitely expanding our search, but obviously traditionally we will be a regionalized program because there's phenomenal soccer out here in the Midwest. I think just with the last three states you named, you're going to like double your your number of states represented on your team roster with Colorado, Wyoming, Washington, all that. Um, and I think, you know, I think another thing I try and make sure folks know for those tuning in, you know, if they haven't followed the Huskies before, if they haven't watched the game or if they haven't tried to track the program, I mean, what are some of the good ways for folks to learn about uh, learn about the team or even just like watch a game? Yeah, so the, the cool thing about the NSIC is all conference games are streamed. So directly on our website, you have the links to be able to follow our games. Um, our media department do a great job of our social media throughout the season of keeping you up to date. And obviously we have different platforms like um, Instagram. And so that's a lot of like our stories and things would be like, what are the girls actually getting up to? And a little bit more of the behind the scenes of what happens with our program. Um, but not a big program where we like throw everything out in your face. This is who we are. Um, there's something about our team culture of where we have silent confidence. That's what the girls pretty much put us as, is our team culture. Um, and I think we emulate that in sort of our social media footprint is where we're not out there and brash, um, but the good information's out there that they need to know. And if they want to know more, come watch a few games and they'll see our culture for what it is on the, on the field. Well, I think you mentioning we're not like a big blow it out type program. I will say from what I've heard, you know, I'm not an expert on that SIC, but what I have heard is people respect the hell out of what St. Cloud gets out of the, you know, the, the lean budget that you all might be provided or, you know, there's a in the MSIC, there's a big variation in the amount of scholarships that people are able to offer, and it can be dramatic, like people would realize. And every single person I've talked to will mention, like, what St. Cloud gets out of its squad and the, the quality of the coaching. And Jade, even you folks, multiple people just said they respect the hell out of you and Greta. So it's, it's been great to have you on. Um, for those who haven't checked out the Huskies, make sure you, you check them out on social um, next season, you know, the President's Council for D2 is, has put in new guidelines that might restrict the number of games, but we will be pulling for you all to have, you know, some kind of season that can be done safely, all of that. So we just appreciate you coming out, Jade. Yeah, thanks so much for having our program on, Matt. We really appreciate it. We appreciate the work that you're doing, advocating for the game and promoting the game. It's, it's phenomenal. All right. Have, have a good weekend. You too. Thank you.